Hello, this is Chris. And this is Andrew, and welcome back to the next episode of Video Games Cover to Cover's continuing coverage of the Final Fantasy VII Remake, and this is episode three of that remake. 47 as a whole. Yes. Episode 47. It's hard to believe we're almost at a year of this. Yeah, I just I just realized that as I said 47. I'm like, ooh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Are we going to do anything exciting for the one-year anniversary of the show? Oh, do you want to do something exciting? I don't know. We'll think about it. Maybe we'll figure something out between now and then. Or maybe we won't. I don't know. <laughs> when this episode goes up, we'll have just given away our copy of the Final Fantasy VII Remake anyway, so... Hey, look, There, I feel like that's something special. There you go. The, the, the same thing we do every... Every game, yeah. The same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world. Try and give away video games. <laughs> so, last, last week we left off with... Uh, right before we were going to steal the weaker blasting right. agent from Shinra. Yeah, we were just on our way to the Shinra warehouse where Jesse is going to go steal it, and we are supposed to be the distraction. Now, this is one of the first areas where I did a bunch of grinding because I didn't even know that there was a training area, even though when you go talk to Wedge and Biggs, they're like, hey, there's a training over there if you want. I didn't talk to them because I assumed when I went over and talked to them, it would have kicked off the mission and I wanted to explore. So I went exploring a whole uh, around everywhere and I came across that training center and I was like, Oh, cool. Well, you get three AP every single time. And I'm like, I don't know if I do it like 50 times or something, I will level up my fire and some of my other materia. <laughs> so I was like, I'm just going to go ahead and do that. So I went through and did that, and then I decided to do it a few more times because then I realized I was close on a couple more materia. And then when I went back up there, I kept blowing through my health potions. Like, they were just regular potions, and I have like 50 to 60 of them. Yeah, I have a ton of regular potions. So I was using those, and then when I got back up, I realized, oh, there's a bench. <laughs> cool. And I think my favorite part, every time you come across a bench... It's either after like a uh, a battle or right before a large battle or something. And it clearly acts as if time has gone by. So Wedge and Biggs are just standing there waiting. And Cloud's, and Cloud's like, just like taking a nap on the bench. And stuff. Hold on a second, guys. Just <laughs> give me a, a quick 20 to 30 minutes. I got to prepare for this. I got a power nap. And then they're like, okay, cool. Well, he's he's he must be checking out the training zone. He must be. Maybe he's buying a couple things from the vending machine. And then like 30 minutes go by and they're like, man, where's, where is cloud? And they walk over there and he's using his, his buster sword as a giant pillow. And he's just taking a nap on the, on <laughs> which the to bench. be clear, sounds like absolutely the worst pillow imaginable. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing though. It's better than no pillow because at least then what you could do is you could lay your arm on it and then you can have some, some. And then rest your head on your arm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could do that on the just the plain bench, though, and your arm would probably be more comfortable on the, the bench. The bench does not have armrests. Yeah, but I mean, like, if you're stretched out and lying on it, well, whatever. But, but yeah, anyway. <laughs> Regardless, yes, he's absolutely just power napping. He, he's taking a nap. And, I, and, Andrew, I will say, 
I, I was going through my movies today and I was like, oh man, here's something I haven't seen in since I was in like college. I found Ninja Assassin. And I have no idea what this is. It's a movie okay. about ninja assassins. I mean, all right, that's Andrew, basically what I expected. <laughs> even in the modern world, swords beat guns, just period. If you know how to use a sword, and Cloud clearly does, as he's using a sword the size of him, that thing's going to do significantly more damage than a bullet. Especially considering we see Cloud in this intersection get shot up a bunch, and he just uses his giant sword as a shield, and then just walks over and cuts dudes. So, like, it doesn't matter. You are not going to get me to believe at this point that gun beats sword in any way, shape, or form, because it just doesn't. Okay. I'll show you. I maybe I'll do a you. ninja assassin viewing party, and you can see I ninja assassin, and it's exactly what you would expect. It's a ninja assassin, but in modern times. I mean, I feel like, yeah, you've already pretty well established what it is just by describing it like that. Yeah, it's, it's in the name. There's really no, just like the Assassin's Creed game. It's like, oh, what do you do? Well, it's in the name. <laughs> you're an assassin. And you Unlike, have a creed. Then you, you pick up Dishonored, and you're like, oh, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I don't know. You're Dishonored. You, you kill people, I guess. Bioshock, confusing. <laughs> there is no, you know, yeah, there's a biosphere and sometimes people get shocked, but like, that's not the main thing. You know, there's a lot of confusion here. Final Fantasy, this is definitely not the last one and it's not going to be the last one. So that's a little confusing. Ninja Assassin, straight into the point. Assassin's Creed, <laughs> straight into the point. Dragon Quest, it's a quest that involves a dragon. I mean, that's pretty solid. There you go. Super Mario Brothers, it's all about two dudes just broing it out through the Mushroom Kingdom. And they're pretty super as they do it. <laughs> Did, have you seen online, there's, I, I think it's the YouTube channel Mash Table, they have an anime Super Mario Brothers where Mario and Luigi are basically just beating each other up like anime style. No, I haven't seen that. i I've seen a lot of like good parody stuff, like the one jump man and things like that, but I don't think I've seen that particular one. Yeah, that one it's it's pretty funny. And then there's then there's a, a version two of it where both of them fight Bowser, and it's basically just a recreation of the Goku Piccolo Raditz fight, and it's it's just it's awesome. <laughs> uh, so but anyway, you after I did all that training and everything like that, I was like I. I am perfectly prepared for this battle. And you, you talk to Wedge and Biggs, and then Wedge is like, hey, man, there's a training facility right over there. Uh, there's a, a bench over there or whatever. You can take a quick rest. You just drop a couple Zs, stay a while. <laughs> you know, not like we're on a mission or anything like that, but you can do that. Uh, and then there's like a vending machine if you need to get like a, a Rockstar energy drink or something. It's like, okay, cool. No, no, no. A potion brand energy drink. Well, yeah, but... We all know. That's very important. Yeah, we all know that behind the potion is Rockstar Energy. They just buy a bunch of... Shinra just bought up like all the Rockstar and then changed the labels? Well, they do a combination of Rockstar and Red Bull. What about Monster? Maybe Monster's like an ether. Nobody talks about Monster, Andrew. I feel like Monster's the one everybody talks about more than any of the How others. How dare you? Nobody wants Monster. 
That's what we're fighting, Andrew. Monster <laughs> energy drink is the reason why there are fiends. How dare you bring up that name? Can't believe this. I, I we got to stop the whole podcast. Like this is just. I don't know if I'm going to be able to come back from this. <laughs> so we talk to we talk to them again. They're like, okay, are you ready to go? Let's do this. Six naps later, we we jump in there and. It's real funny because the Shinder guards are like, oh, man, I don't see anyone out here. This is going to be an easy night. It's like, well, that's immediate foreshadowing because right in the background, you can see Cloud has showed up and he just puts one hand on a sword and they're like, get him. Oh, no. I don't understand why people don't just run away from Cloud at this point. Well, I think part of why they were so confused about, hey, I don't see anybody was because if you remember... They commented that somebody else had already set off the alarm or something because none of the guards were out front. Yeah. And that's, see, that's confusing to me because we we can talk about that in a minute because I'm not sure who that's supposed to be. And I don't think the game ever established, but I kind of assumed it was, um, well, I guess we'll get to it. Yeah. So during this fight, there's more comic release from Wedge. And his cartoon-ish running away. Everything else in this game has been, like, hyper-realistic. When Wedge is running away from those dogs, it looks like the most Bugs Bunny, Roger Rabbit, (laughs) whatever, cartoony running away that I've ever seen in my life. He's, like, kicking up his heels and just running along, and then they bite his butt, and he's like, oh, and then it just goes back to you fighting people. And it's like, are you kidding me? Well, so at first, Wedge and Biggs climb up and basically do some sniping, which is cool. I mean, fine. They don't do a ton of damage because they never do. But I mean, you know, it's a little bit of help. Sure. While you fight off all the guards by yourself. Biggs specifically climbs up. Wedge, Wedge is Wedge really is only too. on a, pl- a small platform. He's not like up on the top like. Biggs is. I thought he was because then he climbed. I thought he climbed down onto the platform when he decides to come help you. There is no way, being the fat comic relief, that he would have been able to get down without some funny hilarity happening. <laughs> and you know that. I mean, so if we didn't see it, it didn't happen. Yeah, but I thought he was up there turning off the lights when Big starts doing that too. And they they don't turn. What lights are you? Well, talking like they destroy about? the lights or whatever that are up there partway through because like they the guards like turn on spotlights or whatever and then wedge and bigs go around and, and like disable them i'm pretty sure they just shoot them out i know at one point bigs is when when the rocket launchers comes up he pushes them off the side it it, it realistically whether he was up there or not it doesn't really matter because yeah, he's yeah. like immediately back down yeah because when shinra sends out guard dogs happens yeah so after you get through a couple waves of soldiers, they send out guard dogs, and then, yeah, Wedge is like, oh, I'll distract them, and he basically just decides to do that cartoon run, and, like, hey, you're right, it's basically just one step short of him, like, kicking up a cloud of dust as he goes, it's, like, the only thing missing for it to be, like, full cartoon. Yeah, because there was even, like, cartoony music when it was happening. And it's kind of like, and then he just runs around for a while and some of the dogs chase him so that you don't have to fight as many dogs at once. Which didn't matter to me. You could have thrown all of them at me and I would have been fine. But immediately after you dispatch all of the Shinra dogs, you come across uh, two sweepers come out. Two of the 
The big uh, robots. Giant yeah. metal robots. Now, when I fought them, I had absolutely annihilated them by the time Ifrit was even an option. Because this is the first fight that you get to use Ifrit. Because, like you had said in another episode, they were even going, Hey, uh, you probably want to equip Ifrit, by the way. I don't know if you've done that yet. But yeah, of course I have. I did it as soon as I got it. And it's literally never come up. Well, it comes <laughs> up now. And there's one left by the time Ifrit actually comes out for me. And I just summon him for the heck of it because I'm like, I, I, this is the only time I've ever been able to see him. And the way summons work is interesting. And I don't know how I really feel about it. So I don't know if you've really noticed this or not, but when, when you summon a, um, a summon, yeah. uh, Ifrit in this case, they just kind of do their own thing attacking and they yeah. only use special moves if one of your side characters has an ability. Or you. Yeah, you, you specifically tell it to use those abilities and sacrifice ATB meter for it. But it doesn't have its own ATB meter, which is actually annoying to me. Because you have to use your other character's ATB meter. And the reason why I find it annoying is because one of the benefits of calling on a summon, especially since they don't last the entire fight, to me would say, okay, I have a quick breather where this big giant thing can take the attention of whatever the monster is right now, and I have an opportunity to heal. Or I sacrifice that and use the ATB to try and get extra attacks in on this enemy, especially if it's like weak to fire or something. There's definitely been a few times where efforts come out and I've been like, oh, so thankful that he's there because whatever it is just happens to be to be weak to to fire. The only other one that I've summoned so far is the Chocobo thing that I got from the DLC, the Chocobo and Moogle. That's not from the DLC. Chocobo Chick was from the DLC. Chocobo and Moogle is the one you get in the um, inside the fans when you're on your way to the second reactor. All right. Well, then I don't have the DLC that I apparently am owed. You just go into the menu and you have to specifically activate it. I, it took me a long time to find it, too. But considering summons never show up, it's like, what's even the point? That That's actually legitimately annoying because if a summon could show up in, in a, a random, any random boss battle, I would be way happier about that. But it's like, I got a DLC that I can basically never use outside of an actual boss fight. Because when I'm assuming when you're fighting the other summons in the VR section, you can't use your summons. To no, which- you can. Oh, that's right. I did use Ifrit when I was fighting uh, Shiva. Yeah, because it makes a huge... It's extremely helpful because he does so much damage to her. Except by the time he left, then she did Diamond Dust, and it almost almost wiped me and Aerith at the time. Because I had Aerith with me when I did it. Yeah, me too. Because I tried it without her, and it did not go well. (laughs) Given that it was a VR headset, I was fully expecting it would just be Cloud and not Aerith, but then it was. Which is another thing. The kid does not take you to a clearing or anything like that. So is Cloud just like openly flailing his sword in the middle of town? I mean, I have to assume, yes. That would be absolutely... He Once he comes out of VR, he notices that there's like fires everywhere. Aerith is like on the ground, like looking at him in terror, wondering what the heck is going on. People are running away screaming. 
like there's like three people that have been cut in half like half of the buildings have destroys in them and it's like kid what did you do (laughs) this was his plan all along this was supposed to just be vr and he's like yeah this is how he's decided to like take out avalanche (laughs) by having the police come in and be like uh dude look this guy is nuts and then cloud gets in there and he's like he this kid he put glasses on me and i i was fighting shiva and they're like what (laughs) this guy's mentally unstable like yeah i know it's so weird he just went nuts he started just cutting everything i couldn't believe it and that sword it's just it's so much more effective than a gun that it just (laughs) the amount of damage that was done to the city is just astronomical uh but anyway 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 (laughs) i see what you did there we get back to (laughs) the the fight anyway i will say like I mean, the fact that summons come up relatively rarely is, you know, kind of disappointing to be sure, but I do appreciate that the fact that you get to use them. See, I I feel like they're a lot more effective than summons in a lot of other games because like you don't have to give up any party members. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You sure. They use their special abilities when you give them ATB or whatever, but which is inconvenient, but you still get your entire other party. And unlike the original game where it's literally just a spell that happens once and goes away. I mean, they stick around for a decent amount of time. Well, I didn't know how they worked in the original. Yeah. In the original game, it was literally just a, it was a spell that all, but it always hit all targets and you could only use it a certain number of times per battle because that was what you got when you leveled it up. Oh, okay. So like if it, by default, you could only summon Ifrit once, and then as he leveled up, you could get more and more Ifrits per battle. Now, now the thing that I, I I'm not going to say overall, I, I I just find the aspect of just another thing to decrease how powerful magic and stuff is because your ATB gar- bars go away, and it's not like you can have more than two. At least I haven't figured out how to. It'd be nice if I could stack up some a- ATB bars for Cloud. Especially considering then I could play as Cloud, stack up some bars, switch to another character, stack up bars there, and then I'd feel like I can use like a wider range of things. It's like once my health gets low, I feel like I constantly am prioritizing using abilities or anything like that for just healing people because I'm either like, like there's a couple times that so I had issues with. I finally did get back uh, from last week. I was complaining that there was a grapple enemy that had a whole bunch of problems with immediately after I went back to the game the next day and I had calmed down and I wasn't so angry about it. I destroyed everybody. (laughs) And I was like, okay, well, I don't, I guess it's not that bad anymore. Part of my problem is I just don't ever block. I never use block. I just never use it. And there are some enemies where it is infinitely vital to use block. If you're not blocking, then you might as well just you might as well just give up. Well, especially with operator mode because then you get counterattacks. It's just there there like like you were saying last time, it just it it, it kind of seems like it it focuses so much more on attacking and everything that magic is just kind of this afterthought that you gonna get to rarely use i mean i will say the spells tend to do a lot of damage compared to like the original but yeah you just don't i find myself not using them a whole lot because especially if i want to do cure and stuff you know a second level cure is like 20 percent of my mana bar at this point like except for Aerith. 
And and I I I guess I kind of have to agree with you a little or disagree with you a little bit there. I don't really think they do a ton of damage. You know, 500 damage for a basic spell is essentially nothing. I feel like their biggest use has been to hit the weaknesses for like the extra stagger and stuff on bosses because that's when I almost always lean into it. Here's the, here's a question I have. Have you figured out how to get your stagger bar to go over 200%? Because there's a battle intel I'm working on right now that requires my stagger bar to be 200 and above. And I've never, ever seen it go above 160%. Yeah, I didn't even know that was a thing. I have absolutely no idea how to do it. Or maybe I'm just reading it wrong, and maybe it's like do 200 damage within a stagger or something. I don't know. But but anyway, I, di- I, I digress. No, I, I don't even ha- I don't have that battle intel, so I don't know what you're talking about, because I, I, I just got the set from Wall Market, and it doesn't have anything like that yet. So I assume it's the set after that. I'm just finished wall market so no oh then it's I, one of the ones i already finished i'll have to go back and look at it then because the ones i had were not that <laughs> so the ones you had from wall market you just uh, auto finished immediately some of them because i had already met those requirements which i wouldn't point out is actually really cool that you don't have to wait until after you get it to do it because i i got five new when I got to Walmart and I got five new battle intels, one of them was to fight the new summon. So obviously I hadn't done that, but of the other four, two of them immediately completed. Well, that must be nice. Cause that didn't happen for me. And it happened to the other time too. In, um, in Aerith's town, the same thing happened where basically all of my battle intel was done. You immediately. mean sector five? Yeah. Sector five. Oh, Aerith town. Well, you said you should just call them Tifa town and Aerith town. So I was just I rolling with that. <laughs> I know I said that last episode. Um, so 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 anyway, that that's just I don't know. It, it, it's just I overall I absolutely love the battle system. But as a person who likes using magic and that kind of stuff, there are definitely parts about it that I find a little disappointing. Also, that one skill of Aerith's helps a ton if you want to do cool magic stuff. Yeah, but we're not there yet. So okay, I'm and that saying. doesn't work all the time either. Okay, but anyway, yeah, back to where we were. But I know exactly what you're referring to so after you do that and after you 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 summon effort to come out and destroy those things which is super cool rose shows up again yeah and i was so happy because basically right after you do the effort fight all these dudes come out and i was like okay cool i didn't even need effort before so i'm gonna absolutely mop the floor with these guys and then like a a missile coming down Roach shows up and just takes out like half of Shinra's people. Yeah, he just like drives his motorcycle into everybody. And he's like, finally, I get the one-on-one battle that I wanted. Cloud looks at him and then he looks back at Wedge and Biggs and he's like, yeah, whatever, I guess. You guys got to sit this one out. You're like, what? Really? And it's like, yeah, trust me on this. You saw him on the motorcycle ride just a little bit ago, right? Like, this is not news to you. Like, I understand that you survived that, but you wouldn't have if I wasn't there. And I can't babysit you during this fight. Admittedly, I mopped the floor with him, but it was actually, I really, really like that we've seen another soldier and he's already come up already. It it makes me think that he's definitely, we're definitely going to meet him again. Yeah. And it makes me think that, like, maybe there's just, this is going to be a trend and, like, in future parts, there's going to be a 
you know, a, a different soldier. I mean, maybe it'll be Roach again, but I feel like maybe he'll finish off in this one and then there'll be another new soldier in the next game or something. Or as my wife was putting it, he seems to be kind of your frenemy. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, he wants to be frenemies, if nothing else. I don't think Cloud sees him that way, but... More specifically, he wants to have a one-on-one battle with you because basically nobody challenges him. Yeah. He's kind of like One Punch Man. He's like, okay, here's the thing, Shinra guys. Let me make this because after you beat him, he takes out a whole bunch of the robots before he leaves. Yeah, because they summon in a bunch of additional robots after he loses and then yeah he rides his bike around again and like slices up all their legs so you can escape and at one hand i was thinking you know i appreciate that man but i don't really need your help i could have done that myself i just beat you i mean no offense but i'm good (laughs) so he kind of takes them out and then he leaves and he's like don't die and i just thought that was really it was a really nice interchange it was really nice I, I, I have to say, so far, I mean, even of the things that I do later in the game, I don't think there's a bit of new content that I haven't really enjoyed. I was about to say that. I really think most of the things that they've extended have been really solid, because almost everything has either been taking a very short section and making it significantly longer in the remake, which is what I was expecting a lot of, or some completely new stuff like Roche, uh, which I'm a huge fan of just because... Like you say, it is really nice to see another soldier other than Sephiroth. Because, like, you get you hear about soldier being, you know, like Shinra's milita- like elite military or whatever, and then there's none of them in the whole game. And it's like, w- why? Which seems really weird, because I understand that at a certain point, Shinra doesn't really look at Avalanche as the enemies in the anymore, and they're now looking at Sephiroth as an enemy. But you would think that they would have sent soldiers in avalanche's way here and there or like run into them because you run into the turks several times later in the original game but you never it never run into a soldier uh, until and that's what i don't understand what are the what and who are the turks like what purpose do they serve i didn't understand that in the other game why weren't they just soldiers too the turks are like if soldier is military people the turks are basically like they're spies Technically, their official job is to find recruits and candidates for soldier, but realistically, like, I mean, as we saw when we fought Reno on the plate in the original game and stuff like that, I mean, basically, they're secret agents is really what they are, which is why they wear suits and stuff, because it's like that James Bond sort of thing. Yeah. But Reno and Rude show up repeatedly in the original game, and I can only assume we'll do the same thing in this one. So once you... Once you get through the whole roach section and everything like that, that's when an interesting thing happens uh, because it, it it looks like they all act as if you're going to be overwhelmed. And here's where that second where you had mentioned either last episode or a couple episodes ago. This is that other avalanche yeah. branch. And now that we know that that's that they're there, they even specifically mention, hey, you're not your team is not supposed to be here. So does that imply that it's them who knocked out the guards of the That's warehouse? what I was going to say is, yeah, I think they're the ones who were already doing an op because they talk about, you know, oh, well, what are the odds that the, right, the main branch would be doing this too? And so, yes, that was my theory was that, like, original flavor Avalanche <laughs> is 
are the ones who were already doing something that the guards were trying to investigate. Well, are you trying to say that Barrett is then the new avalanche? Well, he's the... I, he, I would say he's the extreme avalanche. Okay, yeah. He's, 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 he's the, avalanche extreme. Yeah. He, he's, he's avalanche after drinking the Red Bull. He's the experimental uh, flavor that they just kind of let out there temporarily, and then it probably gets discontinued because it's, like, too hardcore for people. And, like, man, this guy really hates Shinra. Um, guys, we, we gotta, we gotta do something about this. <laughs> like, we all hate Shinra, but this guy, like, really hates Shinra, if you know what I mean. Like, you know, I, it's not that I don't hate Shinra, but like, there's a level that's reasonable, and then there's whatever he's doing. Which, which includes blowing up reactors. But then having said that, Regular Avalanche is apparently buying a bunch of guns and stuff and then, you know, rushing in and shooting things. So I I, I, I was kind of left going, like, I'm not sure necessarily how ba- uh, Barrett's the extreme here. Because, ba- I mean, yeah, Barrett's ca- causing damage or whatever. He's destroying property and they're actively killing people. I mean, you guys are too. You guys are actively ki- Both of you are actively killing people. So, So I think the difference is... They were originally, so they were already there, so to speak. It almost sounds like you ruined their mission by creating all of this attention. Yeah, that's definitely the impression I got. When you guys were ambushed, they were like, oh, good. I guess we need to go save them because we can't have Avalanche being captured. Yeah. No, that's, that's the impression I got, too. And so... And I, I would almost say they had to be an extreme in the sense of, okay, well, the mission is now botched and we need to go save these guys or we're going to have bigger problems on our hands. Yeah, but I guess where I'm getting is like, you know, they came in with like military grade hardware and stuff. And that was the part where I'm like, that's interesting. <laughs> I know they talk about they got it from like they made a deal with Wutai or whatever, which Wutai is the, the people who essentially lost. They're the government who lost out to Shinra, it, well, the, or whatever they are. W- Wutai is another like city state that you, uh, because it's where Yuffie is from in the original game, and but so it was literally like a, a foreign war because they talked about that's where because that's why Cloud wanted to join Soldier was because he got he had seen like the news stories of Soldier doing all these amazing things in the war with Wutai. Well, yes, and Sethroff was a war hero against right, Wutai. Right, exactly. And so it sounds like they're partnering up with them, and they're like, yeah, they're getting all the materia that they, they need. And they're like, do you think that's true? I'm like, well, considering I didn't see them use one materia, I have no idea. Yeah. I, I, I didn't see them use magic once, so I, sure, I guess. Which does feel like kind of a a little like subtle homage to the original game because when you first meet Yuffie, she's literally just trying to steal all of the party's materia to take it back to Wutai. I cannot believe you're going to be spouting out spoilers like that all (laughs) willy-nilly. Nobody knew here that Yuffie was a betrayer. I didn't say she's a betrayer. I just said that's what she does when you first meet her. Well, that's, that's betraying you. She gains your trust and then steals your materia. How is that not betrayal? 
I, I'm really confused as, as as to how your brain works. It's not a matter with general... of well. I, I literally said the first time you meet her, that doesn't imply that she's gained trust. She just steals from you. She doesn't steal from you until after you're a member. Where after she's a member of the party, she is a member of your party before she she steals from you. I thought she stole from you once, and then she joins, and then she does it again later. Regardless, she's a betrayer. I mean, yes, eventually she's a betrayer, but th- I wasn't talking about that moment. I was talking about when you first ran into her. She's a betrayer. That's all she does. That's all she's good for is betraying people. Betrayal, yes. It's her primary function. Yeah. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with that. You know who I'm excited to see? Who? Vincent. Oh, yeah, that'll be in the second game, probably. Like, how on earth are they going to be like, okay, well, here's an immortal vampire who's now joining you because he also hates Shinra for reasons. Everyone hates Shinra because Shinra is the worst. (laughs) I mean, for real, everyone hates Shinra because Shinra is the worst. That's just how it goes. After you do that, you have this, you know, you, you, you get a chance, a, a touching moment of more time spent with the basic, I guess, avalanche members. And you jump off of a jump off of the plate with parachutes, which was really cool, which, which yes, that was that was very cool to see you uh, to see all four of you jump off and also felt again like a little bit of a uh, like a winking throwback to the original, which I, is one of the things I've also really enjoyed is that because when you come back to Midgar, when I talked about how like you don't go back to Midgar until the very end of the game, that's how you get back in as you parachute into the city. Oh, okay. So I just thought that was like a nice little touch. So you you get paired with Wedge for some reason. That really didn't make sense to me because Cloud is already going to be dense with muscles and everything. So's Biggs. And true. Not in the same way. Yeah, but like, come on. Look, now. look at Cloud. He is not. He is a skinny guy. Like, they do not present him as having a lot of muscles. Obviously, he's got a lot of strength, but he's more like a superhero where you don't see any of that muscle mass or anything. He's just really strong. Every time I've seen them in videos with him next to Biggs, he's clearly the bigger man. Cloud is definitely bigger than Biggs. Okay. All I'm saying is it made more sense. I I, I guess it makes... I mean, it makes sense in the sense that Biggs is probably going to be in because it's Biggs and Jesse and it's Wedge and Cloud. And it, it makes sense in the fact that, well, Biggs is probably going to be the best person that would know anything about parachutes to get one team down. And the same thing for Cloud. Yeah. You know, because Cloud probably has had some training in it. And Biggs seems like the kind of guy who just sort of knows that stuff. But they just had to hammer home more comic relief on the way down because of course they do yeah and jesse is once again unbelievably thirsty thirsty. yeah and uh, unbelievably thirsty yeah well i I, she so so jesse reminds me she's like the a female cat caller yeah i think you mentioned that last week but yeah more or less i mentioned that to you but i didn't mention it on the the podcast she she's kind of like a female cat caller she very clearly is telling Cloud, listen, man, you're hot and I want some. So, uh, gotta, gotta break her off a piece of Cloud's Kit Kat bar. Like you that I know you said last week. Yes, that I did say. 
And, uh, you know, I, on one hand, yeah, I, I, I do agree on one standpoint that it's a little too much, but I guess on the other hand, it just seems like that's kind of her personality of, I want something. I'm not going to sit around. I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm just going to be like, yo, no. And I don't want to imply that it's necessarily wrong or anything. I mean, like, and it's good to see, uh, you know, a lady who's trying to take charge and get what she wants, which honestly, of the three main female characters, it feels like of all of them, Tifa is the worst about that. Like in terms of not being very good at like insisting on things and stuff. And I know she gets a little better, but like, I kind of disagree with you there as well. Cause it's not exactly like Aerith is jumping all over cloud when she first meets him. I'm not talking about that, but like Aerith is very clear about like, Hey, I'm going to come with you. Oh, you don't want me to come with you and you're trying to sneak out? I'm coming with you. That's what I mean. Like, she just, like, doesn't take no for an answer in a way that that none of the others, kind of, even Jesse, is willing to take no in a way that Aerith really isn't. They, she's not after him in the same way, but she's the. I feel like Aerith is the most stubborn, I guess, for lack of a better word. I think she's... I don't necessarily know if that translates to attraction to cloud, though. I, I wasn't. I specifically wasn't. I just said I'm not saying it's about attraction to cloud. It's about knowing what she wants and going for it. What she wants doesn't necessarily mean I want to sleep with cloud. In, in Jesse's case, it does. But well, considering we were just talking about that, that's what I was relating it to. But Andrew, we haven't even met Aerith yet, so stop talking about Aerith. You, you're the one who brought her up first. I said because I only mentioned Tifa. Anyway. We'll get there so you can be with your love. <laughs> Once we get back, you, you get to talk to Wedge and his cats. Which I thought was a little endearing moment for, for Wedge to just have a little quiet time with him. The The annoying part about this is Jesse gets a quest marker, but Biggs does not. Now, I went back and I did talk to Biggs, and I had a, an interchange with him and, and a whole conversation with like a movie bit and everything. Which was annoying because it's like if you don't give me a quest marker and you have you just expect me to remember where his house was when everything looks the same. Yeah, I have no idea. But I was able to make it to him. Uh, but but Jesse gets a quest marker because obviously, and then she's like, "Hey man, so you're coming back for pizza tomorrow night, and you have the choice again to be like no promises or I'm just not coming at all." Yeah, yeah. The, your, your commitment, your options are either no or maybe. There's no yes. I already know that I'm not going to be coming over because I've played the original, <laughs> but whatever. I said, sure. No promises. You can make me all the pizza you want. I don't really, I don't really care. And she even goes far enough to say, by the way, you know, none of my roommates are going to be home. So tomorrow's going to be the best time to come over. Yeah. It's like, Jesse, I get it. You know? Okay, I'll come over. I just, I don't know what to tell you. And I think at one point, Cloud even says, are you that desperate? <laughs> She's like, Jesse, come on. Like, just chill, please. Let's just have a normal conversation. We'll see where it goes. I'm willing to have pizza, but that is it. Like, it is literally pizza. That is not a euphemism. So then you wake up the next day and... This time there is ghost things back. Yeah, this time this time it is Tifa waking you up because yeah, the ghosts are back, and she gets you out because they're um, invading the city, 
And so you and her have to go run to the bar to back up Jesse and Barrett and fight a few of those ghosts on the way. Well, and, and Wedge is there too. And specifically, they were getting ready to leave on their mission and then this thing attacked. Yeah. So basically, it's the game going, yeah, no, uh, you're going on this mission. You don't have a choice. Barrett may not want you, but Sethroff is like, you're going on the mission. <laughs> Assuming these are connected to Sephiroth, which seems like the most obvious answer for sure at the moment, but we still don't technically know that. Yes, and I know that there's something later that alludes to maybe it's not, but we don't really know what they are. So, oh, see, I didn't even know that. I was just saying, I so that's interesting. I didn't know. I, I was just literally like, I, I had been assuming they were Sephiroth. We just didn't know that for sure. So it was a possible twist. You, you said you've already you're through Walmart. You definitely would have seen it. No, I'm I'm in Walmart and I'm not through it. Yes, so you're at Walmart. You definitely it's when you meet Aerith. Oh, you're talking. Okay, you're talking about that. I thought. Yes. That, okay, I didn't know what I th- you were talking about. I thought you were talking about like something that comes at the end of the game or whatever. Okay. No, 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 so no, no, no. I got no. you. Okay. Are you kidding? You think I'm at the end of the game? I basically stopped playing so my wife could play, and you can catch up. Catch up? I was ahead of you for a little bit. When? When you were complaining about how much Aerith sucked, I was past that part. Okay, first of all, I never said that on the podcast. I actually really like Aerith now. And what do you mean you were past that part? I was I had already done the side quest with her because you were complaining about how uh, I'm trying to fight these things and do these side quests with her. And I'm like, I did that. So I was actually ahead of you for a little bit. I'm sure you're well past me now because I know oh, you're through more like market. But one half hour you I, were ahead I'm of me. I'm just saying, like, I it, you, you act like I'm like infinitely behind you. And I was actually ahead of you for a little bit. Well, if you're not through Walmart, you're you're infinitely behind me. Walmart is a long a long thing. I, I could we could totally talk about that, but you know we have to get there in the episodes first, and we'll never do that if you keep <laughs> talking about Aerith at length. I actually really f- I find her very endearing now. I'm I'm on I'm not on Team Aerith, but I like her. She's grown on me. At first, you're right. I didn't I wasn't a huge fan of her. Only because I didn't like the way Cloud treated her. So that translated into not really liking her character as a whole because I just felt like I just didn't care that Cloud was basically treating her like a like a good for nothing who can't do anything because that's the way she's presented originally. And I have a problem with that. Once you get through all of that, yeah, Jesse is attacked and, it, and then there's like a ghost boss. Yeah, that. There's really no mention like they they look an awful lot Mark like Marcos and that's the most evidence we have at the present to say well maybe they have something to do with Sethroth. Well that and they showed up one like the first time you you run into them is also a time when Sephiroth shows up that kind of implies that they're there together because it's the time when he does the extremely unsubtle uh like showing up behind Aerith thing. And so once you, once you get past that whole thing, there's this really funny interchange where cloud is kind of standing there in the background after you've just defeated this ghost, Jesse's leg is sprained and she can't really go on the mission. And Barrett's like, uh, yeah, wedge, I'm going to need you to stay with her because he's like, but I'm perfectly healthy. 
And Barrett's like, <laughs> um, listen, man, the, the, you ain't going. <laughs> well, yeah, you're perfectly healthy, which means you're the best choice to stay behind. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, even Barrett knows at this point, he's like, I need Tifa, I need Cloud, I need the Dream Team. We need to let the B squad stay at home and figure out what's going yeah. on there because this is about to be a big deal. And yeah, even the, when the you A team is going with, together. <laughs> even when you sync up with with Biggs later, he's like, "Cool, so I'll see you later, man. We'll take care of it from here." And uh so it's so funny because after Barrett says that, he just walks over to Cloud and he's like, "So here's the thing. Cloud's immediate I'm gonna need a raise. You got it. Yeah, no hesitation. He's just done. Let's go. And uh, so then, then you start the you you basically begin the whole section to do the other bombing of yeah the 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 second reactor, which is sector one. It's, no, it's sector it's, six. Sector it's six. between sectors four and five, or five and six. It's one of those. It's, I want to say it's, it's sector, sector five. It's basically, sure. they specifically say it's re- basically right on the line between the two. Regardless. Yeah. You, you, you go through and the, so <laughs> up the entire game at this point has basically covered maybe an hour of the original game, which is kind of hilarious when you think about it. And we're on, we're getting into chapter four now. Because it's time to go do this, and, you know, in the original game, what? You do it, you stay overnight, and then it's immediately time to go on the mission. And that's, like, it, right? There's nothing else that happened in the original. Yeah, pretty much. I would almost say within the first half hour, yeah, we've done all this. Yeah, because the entire detour with Jesse going up to the plate didn't exist at all. And the rest of it was dramatically expanded, like we talked about last week, like the, the walk through the wreckage after the reactor got destroyed, which, again... Excellent addition. I'm very glad they did that. That was very well done. So, yeah. So it's taken us <laughs> multiple episodes to cover what the original game did in half an hour. Not that any of the additions have been bad generally, but just again, like to illustrate just how much they've expanded the content in this game. Well, I think that's been very clear up to this point. Yeah. But so you go and you take the train and <laughs> Chadley's there, like you said last week, <laughs> that he... He just shows up wherever you need him. Yeah. He'll always be there for you. No one is more reliable than Chadley. Some of the he he shows up more often than some of the party members. <laughs> yeah. Chadley so far hasn't had a sprained ankle. Yeah, it's true. Chadley's butt has not been bitten <laughs> so far that I'm aware of. <laughs> if he you know what, if it has, he kept that to himself. Unlike Wedge, who complained about it for a while and we had to deal with the comic relief of them checking his butt. So you take the train and now this is the part where, you know, immediately there's an obvious parallel back to the original game, because at this point we know that the security scanner is going to set off the alarm because that's what happened in the original game. And then you had to jump off the train, which was done. So it, it, it was really well done. And I also liked how you have this, intersection with Barrett who is about to basically get in a fight with the same Shinra manager who's talking about how are are, are you still going to say that you support the bombings and everything like that and Barrett's about to be like yeah and you know what I'm the one that bombed it and Cloud's and like Cl- no yeah. no no <laughs> Cloud immediately steps in like 
no, he doesn't. Stop it. <laughs> and so then after you kind of have that that interchange with with Barrett, then Tifa comes you he basically like, okay, go check on Tifa. Yeah, and then they do that little bit where like in the original game where they go to start looking at the sector map and then they get to the security scan. Uh, and same comment of, wait, we shouldn't be at a security scan yet. That's weird. With that they talked about in the original. And then again, the alarm immediately goes off and they identify that there have been three un- unauthorized people on the train. Wonder who that could be. I bet it's that Shinra manager. He looks shady. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. It's like, again, this is a Shinra manager and he has to take the train in. So that's just, it's... It goes back to our conversation of last week that it's like... Although I guess it makes you wonder what the train routes are like, because the trains obviously both go to the top of the plate and the bottom, so it's possible he's getting on on top of the plate from somewhere else, and he just passes through... His route passes through Sector 7. I'm pretty sure he's actually one of the people to get off the trains when you guys get to the slums. It might be. In Sector 7. I was going to say that like the, the, the train routes are... I mean, it's definitely pretty clear it goes above and and below, but it wouldn't surprise me if he is a slum person. Well, yeah. because he was on the train going out of the city, and he was back on the train going back into the city. So I I, I do think it's implied that he lives in the slums. Somewhere. And that very well could be. Maybe he just needs to exist there for plot or whatever. Recurring Shinra manager is about to be our, like, dark horse favorite NPC because he's just going to keep showing up on the trains and getting into arguments with Barrett. Well, he's the next president. <gasps> it's yeah. Rufus all along. He he's this is Rufus in a disguise. It all makes sense now. Cuz you know Rufus would <laughs> I was going to say you know Rufus would totally be hanging out in the slums. That definitely sounds right. Well, he's also Setheroth clone. Oh, so oh my god. It, everything just ties together. Yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, he's also a Cetra, if you can believe that. I mean, you had me until Cetra, and now I'm like, I don't know if I can buy that, man. <laughs> so you 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 jump off the 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 train, and then Cloud gets his. I don't know. I don't really know what to call it. Uh, but there would have been a perfect time for him and Tifa to kiss. Just saying. <laughs> uh, that's like the quintessential. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, that would have been the moment. Really, it would have been the moment that would have been perfect for like leaning in for one and then being interrupted by the alarm. Maybe, maybe. But, you know, listen, Tifa, she takes her time. You know, the good things in life are worth waiting for. (laughs) And she knows that, unlike Jesse. And she just needs to grab life by the horns, man. She just needs to give Cloud an opportunity to get there. (laughs) <laughs> and more moments like this, he's going to. I have to say, that sporty dress was the right decision. Now who's jumping um, ahead? <laughs> I know. I'm just saying. We talked about it before. I've just been through Wall Market. Man, ooh, it was it was the right call. It was it was the right call to make. You know, okay. some sometimes sometimes you make a bad call. This was not one of them. <laughs> sometimes. The calls are bad, but sometimes the calls are good. Like what, like my original dislike for for Aerith. You know, I, I admit that that was that was a bad call. I don't feel like that was entirely my fault, but she quickly started to grow on me. Okay, I'm just glad that you recognize that you've learned your lesson. What do you mean, learn my lesson? Well, you just learned that you were incorrect and adjusted accordingly. I don't, 
I don't appreciate, you know, not liking somebody isn't a correct opinion, Andrew. I can not like a lot of people. I mean, you make it very clear that you don't like anybody because you you constantly reference how you hate people. (laughs) But yes, I that I'm not going to disagree with you there, And, and I would argue that that's the correct opinion. Look at the internet, literally anywhere, any comment section on the internet anywhere, and you tell me if I've made the right call. So (laughs) this whole section where you're just trying to get there, you got to go through multiple sections of station where there's a, another boss battle where Barrett is kind of like Tifa, Tifa specifically says, did you guys go through all this last time too? He's like, Oh yeah, there was another robot that kind of looked like a scorpion though. What did this one look like? It's, it's just funny because it's very clearly crab in the in the title of everything. Yeah. But you you have to go through multiple stations worth of of enemies and then you see that there are several stations that are being taken over by these monsters and Barrett alludes to the fact that it's the Mako, but we all know that it's the monster energy drink that's really causing it. Well, I mean, that's what Mako is, right? It's monster energy drink. The moral of the story, apparently, is that monster energy drink is the lifeblood of the universe. The planet. I, okay, yes, you're right. Sorry, the lifeblood of the planet. Of their planet, not presumably, ours. Presumably in this universe, I would say all planets, but if we go back to the Final Fantasy fourteen concept of they all take place on the same world, it's really just like this one small subsection of a larger planet. Yeah, because realistically, and here's here's the other thing. Mako did not do anything to help when Sethroff caused multiple sur- supernovas in the final battle of the original game because one supernova is enough to destroy literally everything unless you just block it with a buster sword. I was about to say, apparently it's not enough because then we turned around and saw that, you know, he can do it multiple times and they still live. Well, I guess he's just installing a new sun every single time he does that. (laughs) That's why the battle is actually winnable because he tries to kill you with a supernova. It doesn't work. And he's like, oh crap. Well, now I need to, now in the background, I need to get a new son and everything like that. And while part of his brain is like concentrating on that, Cloud is just keep chipping away at him with his with his tiny sword. I was going to be like, the move with the supernova takes like a ridiculous amount of time. And that's why it's Sephiroth stalling so he can go run off and find a new son. But he has to run off and find a new son immediately afterwards anyway, because... The entire, like, that section, that entire galaxy would immediately go into permafrost without a sun. Not the galaxy. <laughs> well, that immediate galaxy. Yes, it would. The solar it, system. Whatever. Galaxies the solar gigantic, system. Way bigger than that. Okay, Andrew, listen. You know, he, he threw off supernova like six times. So the whole galaxy is now in permafrost. So at this point, he's picked off several stars from throughout the galaxy to bring them back. Yes. Yes. Regardless. (laughs) We get through that whole section, and then we have this. We get to a cool puzzle section with 
turning off a bunch of lights and which was Tifa kind of struggles with that because she's like, those are there's like, no sun. Yeah. yeah. This is the sun for the people in the slums. If we do this, they're going to be in darkness. And my thought process is once the door is open, I wondered about that too. Just turn them back on. Yeah. That was exactly my reaction. It's like, why don't we just go back and turn it on? The door's already open. What do you think? It's turning one of them off. It's going to use. Okay, we need to route all the power into shutting this door because that's the most important thing. Because what? You shut off like four lights and then Tifa's like, that's all of them. Okay, turn them back on. The door's open. Yeah. It seems like the obvious solution at this point. I also thought it was kind of confusing because it's like, you know, in the event of a of a low power situation, prioritize the sunlights, which don't get me wrong. That's a good thing in terms of trying to take care of the people down there. But it's really confusing because how are maintenance people supposed to get there when there's no power because all the power is going to the lamps? Exactly. And more to the point, they're a power company. That's like saying a bank runs out of money. Are you kidding me? It's what you do. It's literally the only thing you do. It's what you're there to do. That is not true. Shinra does a lot of things. And actually, it specifically mentions they were they are only a power company because of the Mako. And before that, they had nothing to do with power. And that's yeah, a very recent development. I mean, they're, they're a power co- they're here co- yeah. to do that. Yeah. That's I mean, don't why get me wrong, they have I don't this disagree. giant pizza city. This is what they're here to do. And they don't have enough power. Yeah. No, I know. Don't get me wrong. That's not going to be a problem anyway, because later on, they're just going to blow up all of Sector 7. So that it's one of those things where it's it's just for the greater good. As you were mentioning, Andrew, before, sometimes there's a greater good. And blowing up an entire sector and killing hundreds of thousands of people is definitely for the greater good of all the other people in the pizza slice. <laughs> so I happen to agree with Shinra on that one. You know, blowing up that whole sector is probably for the best, really for everyone. Including the people who got squashed. Because now they yeah. don't have to deal with not, not having power. Right? Exactly. Now they're dead. They don't have to worry <laughs> about problems anymore. They're all dead. It's fine. Assuming that still happens because I, I, I have nothing. I, I have no information even to where I'm at now to assume that that doesn't still happen. Yeah, so. I mean, I I have to assume that's going to happen and uh, like until we get to the point where we get to the end of the game and it just doesn't. But I couldn't imagine it not happening. That's just way too fundamentally important to what's going on in the story. Like I said, like we both said, it's chapter nine and we're at Walmart. How there's eight or nine more chapters, I don't know, because it kind of seems like the next immediate chapter should be blowing up the sector. But whatever, who knows what's going to happen? They've everything that they've been, everything that they've extended so far, I've been really happy with. So I don't even really care. Whatever they do at this point, I'm just going to be having fun. Yeah. In general, almost, actually, I shouldn't even say almost. I feel like everything they've added new content wise has been something I've appreciated. I can't think of anything where I was like, really wish you hadn't added this section. So, well, I mean, we both complained about that one, you know, foreshadowing Sethroth arm okay, yeah. grab. Yeah, that I, I wasn't, th- I 
wasn't thinking about that as just a movie, though. I meant, like, in terms of, like, an extra area to go to or something like that, where, like, it doesn't feel like none of the areas they've added have been like, oh, this just feels like it's here to pad the game out and make it longer. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like they've all had a point. It feels like it's dense content, and it and it and it all makes sense. Yeah, and it's interesting because some of the chapters fly by, and then some of them feel like they take forever, even without having a bunch of side quests to do or something. Because yeah, the, the the chapters that have had side quests obviously take a bit, but you know, so a couple of the other chapters, like trying to get to the reactor, that was really long. Yeah, just trying to get to that reactor took forever. That's where there's multiple materials you can get by solving the different puzzles. Uh, at one point, that's where you get another summon. And in that whole section where you get the summon, after you've shut off two of the lights, yeah, you can reactivate that and you get nine AP every single time. So I grinded a bunch there too. <laughs> because every time they're going to give me an opportunity to grind and put myself in a better position, I'm going to do it because that's just the way I play games, which is why I try to be prepared for absolutely everything. And when that's what was so frustrating about, you know, fighting now that you've done it rude at that point. Yeah, the rude fight was pretty challenging, although I still got him on my first try, and that was where I leaned a lot on what I was just talking about with the Eris ability that will, again, we, we definitely don't think we're going to make that this episode. So, Well, no, but I here's the thing. I did, too. I almost got him on my first try. Almost. And then once he did his, once he got down to low health, he basically just started spamming his special attacks. And there was just nothing I could do. I tried to do that thing where it doubles spells and stuff. Every time I went over there to cast Cure or Cura to have it happen twice, it maybe would happen the first time, but he'd immediately interrupt everything after that. You, you, and it, so it, I, it specifically says it doesn't double um, healing spells, though, just offense. Well, even when I was doing offense, it wasn't always doubling it. There are definitely, and, and Aerith is the one that shot it off. And she would just like walk t 20 feet over. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Why are you not standing in the one place you need to stand in order to double cast? See, whenever I wanted to use it, I always would switch to her. Anytime I was going to use an ability like that, I always switch to that person so I can kind of line it up right. Yeah, but she basically can't attack at all. That's the problem I have with her is Square and Tempest basically do garbage. I, I mean, I, I don't know if you're having a different experience or not, but Square is essentially useless. It's almost like Barrett. Without overcharge, he's useless. Every single time, and unless I add some sort of element to it, it's basically useless. In her case, I added wind to everything because he was weak to wind, but I also didn't have wind the first time I fought him. I didn't go pick up wind until after I realized he was weak to wind. And then in the six subsequent fights after that, I was just in such a rage over what had happened. I couldn't focus. And then I would just rage even harder. But as soon as I, you know, took a nap and, and woke up the next day, I immediately destroyed him and the other boss I was on. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess I just needed to calm down a bit. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely had that experience, not with Final Fantasy VII, because I haven't had any moments that have really like, I don't think I've gotten a game over yet in the game. Okay, 
Let's roll out the red carpet for this guy. That's not everybody. what I was getting at. I was just I've never once had a problem in this game. It's just been smooth sailing. I wouldn't say there weren't fights that weren't hard. I mean, in general, I definitely think the difficulty is significantly higher than the original game. But I've managed to not lose completely yet. Oh, well, I can't wait for a fight that you're going to have to do coming up. I'm really excited to hear how well you do there. (laughs) Okay. But what where I was going with that was, I mean, there are definitely plenty of other games that I've played where, yeah, I'll get to a point where I'm like, I feel like I'm getting frustrated, and then I almost always will do better if I just step away and come back later rather than just trying to power through it because then I just get more and more frustrated and I don't get there. So I totally get where you're coming from. So at this point, you you now have another small mini game where you basically get to pick and choose what things you're not going to have on the next boss fight. Because it's really funny because when you're walking in there originally... They're like, oh, yeah, we don't want to fight this thing. If we fight this thing, we might as well just run away. And it's like the amount of foreshadowing in that entire conversation was so palpable. Oh, yeah, the Airbuster. Yeah, it's like, are you kidding me? Gosh, I wonder if we're going to wind up fighting this. (laughs) Like, we're definitely going to end up fighting it. And so the entire time... Wouldn't it be funny if a game tried to pull that at some point, and then you didn't actually fight the thing? (laughs) (laughs) It would just be so completely unexpected that no one would know what to do. Then, like, it blew up, and then somebody else comes down and fight, and Roche comes out. That would have been awesome. Oh, that would have been so awesome. If you had this whole thing about fighting it, and then Roche comes up and just destroys it immediately and is like, oh, I'm going to fight you instead. That would have been even that would have oh been infinitely God. better. That's like the thing that happens in No More Heroes. That was like one of my favorite bits of No More Heroes where you go to fight the boss and then somebody else just runs up and, and defeats it for you. That is that 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 would be really funny if that happened in Final Fantasy. Yeah, I would be uh, I would love for them to pull a bait and switch like that. You you basically so I guess what did you prioritize? Uh, I, I wound up, I only took one of the items, but I took down two of the other things, or I got the AI, I think, down only to level one, and I got rid of two of the bombs. Yeah, so I was the opposite. I did one of the materia things, because you have to, Yeah, is the very first one, and they won't let you leave the room without making the decision. And then I did, I got rid of three bombs. And I got rid of two AIs because the way I figured it was Cloud was talking about how one of these bombs is enough to like completely destroy you. And I'm like, I don't really have a way to deal with everybody kind of dying at once. And even if they do, the ATB system is just not meant for that at all. There's been the biggest problem that I've had. And there was a uh, I had this this problem in this fight. And there's been a couple other fights where I've had this problem is multiple party members die. And so I'm stuck trying to essentially survive until my ATB comes back enough that I can at least revive one and hope that I'll be able to get a bar quick enough to to revive another one. That's the problem. The problem that I have with the system is coming back from a devastating attack is so difficult. 
Yeah, I mean, I will definitely say the Airbuster fight was definitely the closest I've come to losing so far. That fight got real tough, and I really thought I was about to lose a couple of times in there. Oh, that fight was so easy for me because I took all the bombs out. It was like, I might as well have just not even done anything. Okay. Yeah, it was just so easy. Well, then I guess I, before. I guess I made the wrong decision then, didn't I? But no, I mean, no. I got through it. Well, well, here's the thing. So I put electricity on Barrett. Yeah, me too. Uh, and I linked it to his thing. So every single one of his bullets did electricity. And I heavily relied on Barrett in this fight. You you pretty much have to because there's a lot of times where it flies away and Barrett's really the only one who can hit them other than with magic. And, but yeah, I did the same thing. I had electricity on Barrett's gun because I had already done that because of all of the turrets and stuff. We were fighting on the way to the reactor. And there were so many things that were like in spots that were meant for Barrett. So I'm like, oh, yeah, let me just have Barrett do electricity damage. That seems like the obvious thing to do here. So I already had that going into that fight. When I did the uh, bombs, it was like, oh, cool. And you'll have these bombs in the fight to be able to attack it. I didn't realize until I, that I that I had the bombs until like way later. <laughs> I didn't use I, the bombs in the fight. I, I saw that they were in my inventory, but I didn't use them. I walk. I was walking around with Aerith later, and, and my wife was in the background, and I was like, oh, those bombs! Because I, I went, in, in the rare occasion, I go to the cell section. It was like, you know, 200 gil each or something. I was like, oh, no, there's my three bombs! And I look, and it's like, yeah, it does 500 damage. I'm like, ah! <laughs> yeah. That would have been, oh, man! <laughs> Meanwhile, I, I should have used AI that cores. against Rude. Oh, <laughs> come on! Meanwhile, I had a t I got a ton of gil just because those AI cores didn't do anything in a fight, but they sold for a ton of money. Yeah, they sold for five hundred each, so I got a thousand gil out of it. Man, yeah, I got to remember that I've got those bombs. That would have been. I can think of at least two battles now that those would have been so crucial. <laughs> I honestly forgot that I had them too. Like I remember seeing them, but until you mentioned something, I had also completely forgotten that I still had them. I did find it funny in that whole section. You you find out that Shinra has been watching you this whole time, and they're basically live streaming this to everybody. And which, how does anyone not know that it isn't you? I'm really confused. Well, I assume they weren't live streaming the parts where they're basically admitting to their plan. <laughs> I understand that, but they, assuming they live streamed any of it, literally everyone is watching the TV when you get to the Sector 5 slums and they're showing video of Barrett and Jesse, Wedge, and Biggs, but not you and nothing from the, the Sector 5 fight. Yeah, they, they like specifically cut that out i assume specifically so there was a reason to not be like why isn't everybody like chasing cloud out of the city and stuff like that's the only thing i could think of but i distinctly noticed that too that they like always cut the video before there was any shot of cloud but it's like why wouldn't they because yeah. in that section right there when barrett leaves wedge and biggs with the last ones through because you immediately get attacked you have a fight sequence and then you go through it right and i'm just sitting there like are you kidding me why are you not showing the picture of Cloud? Because then everyone would immediately know. It. And, 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 and that's kind of makes it seem like Shinra is just up to more ominous stuff because it's like it almost seems like they're just watching you the whole time and they're just allowing this to happen because they need it to. In which 
their overall larger plan, Heidegger specifically says that, you know, they want to start another war with Wutai. And the way to do that is to link you guys to Wutai and then basically blow up these reactors, letting them, everyone just, everyone will be begging for us to go to war and everything. Which, there were a couple things about that. One, they're not even making anything up since it's established that the main avalanche branch did, in fact, link up with Wutai. And two, did you notice, like, when you leave the warehouse attack um, and people are talking about, oh, there's been an incident or whatever, did you stand there and listen to, like, the old lady who's like, let me go get my gun, I'm going to go shoot those Wutai people. Yes, I heard And that. I was like, "That's." I thought that was really funny. The old lady who's like, ah, back in my day, I... <laughs> but, so it doesn't seem like it would take a whole lot to push them back to fighting with Wutai because obviously that sentiment is still there. So... Here is the part that I, I was saying, this is one of the parts when you when you set up the bomb and everything where I have my major disagreement with Avalanche. Because Jesse specifically gives you a remote detonator this time, just in case things still go as horribly as last time. Meaning everyone with the exception of Tifa in Avalanche is saying, yeah, it can totally happen, and we're just accepting of that. See, I, I don't, un- I, I don't think giving it a remote detonator at all means that because a remote detonator means you can do it when it's safe to do it. But there is no safe, and Cloud specifically says that because Barrett goes that way. We can do it at a safe distance, and Cloud goes, safe distance. You saw what happened last time, right? There is. There is no safe difference, diff distance, and that's the problem I have with it. Like at this at this point, they're just actively saying, "Yeah, things could go really wrong, and we're just okay with that." See, I, I just don't understand how that becomes evidence of that of like it being worse. Because to me, that seems like Jesse trying to do everything she can to make it as good as possible. Like that seems like a positive for Avalanche, but not but for, for everybody. Like it's they can- not for everybody. How is it for everybody? Because if there's no timer and they can set it off when it's safe, then that can mean when the people aren't around. It's like all those things you were complaining about before. So the only person that made sure that people left was Tifa. She asked Big specifically, hey, did you make sure that people are out? So yes, I agree with Tifa on this, not Avalanche as a whole. Which again, again, Barrett also immediately says, yeah, go do that. And Big says, yeah, I'm on it. So it's not like anybody like protests the idea of making sure it's safe. Everybody's like, yes, we're going to go do this thing and make sure people are safe. I'm just saying as bad as the bomb got last time, I'm still saying the fact that it was a remote detonator basically just indicates that they understand that there could be massive complications and they just don't care. See, I, and, I and disagree. Like the fact me, that it's a remote detonator to me says they were trying even harder to make to minimize things. Like they were trying than, harder to minimize things. Yes, but blowing it up, I'm I'm sorry, man. It's still not the right decision. And I agree a hundred percent with Tifa on this. Tifa seems like the only person in this entire avalanche organization, this small one, that actually says this is wrong. And I agree with her. I just do. Oh, okay. I get. Uh, we don't need to go back into that again. I guess the part I just don't understand is how you're implying, like the part that seems to be confusing is that the remote detonator implies that that's even worse than last time, because I don't see how that can be the case. It implies that she's making it safer for avalanche, but just there is no way, 
realistically, Avalanche in any sort of time frame is going to be able to determine if literally every single person is out of that building when it happens. It's just not possible. Adding the remote detonator minimizes that. Yes. So you're right. Maybe it's not worse, but the fact that she has to do that implies that there's still a potential for a lot of other problems, which is why I'm saying as a whole, doing it again is a mistake. And that's what I'm getting at is doing it again is the mistake. Okay. And we, you know, we, we, like I said, that part of it, We've certainly both said our piece, and I don't think we're going to get any farther on that. I was just the part that I was concerned about was I just didn't understand how the remote detonator changed that part of the equation. Because if anything, to me, that strikes me as as safer than a timed detonator in general for if the goal is to minimize casualties. Well, and at this point, especially now that they know Shinra's plan, if they go out and bomb another one again, how can you possibly say that they're just making good decisions at this point? Considering they've played right into Shinra's plan this entire time, and now we know that, if they're like, let's bomb another Mako reactor to save the planet, how is that even the re- remotely the remite, right move? Well, I don't th- know what point- sort of, I don't know what sort of extension that they're going to do, but if that has something to do with it, and they're just going to go out and blow up another thing, I'm sorry. At that point, Avalanche is just like, I don't know how you can redeem that, assuming they're still alive after all of this. I mean, at that point, we go back to what I think we talked about even in the original episode, which is just basically what you're saying is we can't try to do something because the bad guys are going to do something in response to it, which is a valid thing to consider. But I'm not sure that that makes the original people the bad guys if the bad guys are going to. I didn't say they were the bad guys. I'm saying they're no better than the bad guys. Okay. Well, that makes them bad guys. Then if they're equal to the bad guys, that makes them bad guys. So they're bad guys. They're both bad guys doing bad things for their reasons. You can be a bad guy and do things for the right reason. That's why I equated them to Dexter before. You can be a bad guy and be doing it for the right reasons. But let's let's not sit here and say that they aren't the bad guy because they're definitely doing bad things. They're just a different bad guy. They're doing they're doing bad things for the right reasons. That's like the quintessential, yeah, we're bad people and we understand that, but it has to be done. I would accept that way more than we're the good guys in this whole scenario. It's like, it's a real gray area to try and say that you're the good guy while doing things like that. I agree they're doing it for the right reason. I understand that they feel like they have to do that in order to make a statement. I get all that. But that, Andrew, I'm sorry, that doesn't make them the good guys, in my opinion. Shinra is definitely more bad guys than they are. So so you equated this to the rebels from Star Wars last time. And, and Han Solo even sort of struggles with this in a sense where he's like, I'm not a good guy. I'm just not. I'm not a good guy. I may be doing good things for the betterment of everybody right now, but he's very clear that he's always been a bad guy and he'll always be a bad guy. I look at Avalanche in, in, in the same sort of light. They're, they're, they're doing things for the right reasons. I 100% agree with that. They're doing what they believe to be right for the information that they have. Now, we find out later uh, from the original game that apparently Barrett just hates Shinra to, to like a massive degree. But everyone seems to understand what they're doing and why they're doing it. And they're doing it for the right reason. 
by blowing stuff up and being generally destructive, you're doing bad stuff. And even Cloud is like, yeah, I'm a mercenary. I'm definitely not a good guy. There is no Cloud is 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 even through all of this is like, yeah, no, this is not being a good guy. I just don't care. Cloud is literally just there to be a mercenary. Well, yeah, I mean, Cloud has never said anything other than just it's a job. I mean, that's been his position from the very beginning. And on that note, uh, we are now at the end of the reactors. So next week, we'll finally get to meet uh, Aerith for real instead of just randomly talking about her and bringing her up. But that's going to do it for this week's episode of Video Games Cover to Cover. As always, you can find us on Twitter or via email or on our Discord server. And like always, we will be putting the information for those things in the description for the episode. I dislike Avalanche. Avalanche.